Today's episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. I've told you all week, having a high sports IQ is important. I mean, look at the NBA lottery last night. What the heck? What the heck was my was uh, Phoenix doing trading that Miami 2021 pick? You need a high IQ in whatever you're doing, except for one thing, when it comes to hiring. All you have to do in that case is use ZipRecruiter. Their powerful technology scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience for your job. 80% of employers are post on ZipRecruiter to get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. My listeners can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. If you missed the ringer.com last night, we did a live NBA draft show on Twitter. We had like 13, 14 people in there, including myself. And in real time, we watched the first 27 picks of the draft. There's some really funny moments in there, including when uh, we found out Doncic was getting traded to Dallas and our Mavs fans went nuts. And uh, when all of a sudden the Sixers were trading bridges and Grayson Allen getting taken by Utah and me me being angry about it, but then being angry at Grayson Allen. And I I, I went through the gamut of emotions because uh, I thought he was going to the Celtics. Then somebody good fell to the Celtics. We talked about all that. It was good. I, I thought it was the best one we've done of all those live shows. We're really starting to figure out that format. It's really fun to do the second screen. And it seemed like people enjoyed it. So check that out as well as a bunch of draft content that we had today. We had columns. Our, our copy chief, the chief, Craig, Jane, Craig Gaines, uh, wrote a piece about grading or ranking Woj's uh, passive aggressive, not actually tweeting out the pick, but kind of sort of tweeting it out. He did that. We have winners and losers. Mark Titus is writing today. Uh, Brian Curtis wrote about the Woj effect in the draft. All kinds of stuff on there. So check all that out on the ringer.com. A uh, couple podcast things for me. The last episode of the Dave Chang show that we did together for the pre-opening diaries, episode five, that went up this week. It was the final episode. We talked about uh, criticism and food critics and reviews and what it's like after a restaurant comes out after those first few months, what do you do when a critic comes into the restaurant? How do you handle a critic who might have an agenda? A whole bunch of stuff. Really interesting. And it was, uh, we wrapped that up. That is a really good podcast. You should check that out. And also the uh, rewatchables. Sean Fantasy and I did Forrest Gump. It is up. And Let's just say nobody has ever talked about Forrest Gump's sex life more on a podcast than Sean Fantasy and I did on this one. But we really had fun. We really think this is underrated, an underrated movie. Next week on the Rewatchables, Devil, The Devil Wears Prada. Oh, yeah. You could make a case. One of the best movies of the 21st century. We might make that case next week. It's going to be me, Juliet Lippman, and Amanda Dobbins. So be ready for that one. And then uh, also we're going to talk about this with Cousin Sal in a second, but I am going to host Against All Odds for him next week. So be ready for that. Coming up, we're going to talk to Cousin Sal. We're going to talk to Jonathan Sharks about the NBA draft. And we're going to talk to my dad, who is very upset that the Celtics might trade for Kawhi Leonard. He does not want this to happen. He's in the minority here, but it's funny to hear him talk about it. Uh, He's going to talk about that, the draft, the Red Sox, all this stuff. But first, Pearl Jam. All right, it is Friday morning, West Coast time. Cousin Sal is on the line. Cuz, 
Summertime is here. There's nothing left to gamble on. You have a gambling podcast against all odds, which I'm gonna be yeah. guest. I'm gonna be guest hosting on Tuesday because you're away. What do we do all summer? What do we look at? What do I we care it. about? I do. I want to tell you, if I seem distracted, it's because I have a lot of money on Nigeria or the tie over Iceland. And so by the time anyone listens to this, you can uh, you can almost count, guarantee I have one nothing Iceland win. But um, all right. So yeah, that's so, so that's one thing we're doing is World Cup betting. So you're doing this. You know nothing about soccer. You don't follow it at all. I don't know it. I, I am following the trends. I'll say this. Uh, there's been three games in a row that have ended. The first half has ended zero zero. Although no game, this is shocking to me. No game has ended zero zero yet. Really? So, um, so that's what I'm doing. I'm really just we're just following the trends and trying to go under two and a half goals or or whatever. And uh, yeah, it hasn't been working out so great. But we'll keep plugging away. I did my. Uh, I threw away my token bet. I did Colombia as the long shot bet to win the World Cup. Oh, yeah. Got all excited. I was actually excited to have a team. It's like, oh, this is cool. Mm -hmm. America's not in it. Columbia, the game starts. Guy gets a red card in the box three minutes into the game and a penalty kick, which which they score on. They're down one nothing playing with ten men. That's my that was my World uh, Cup experience. <laughs> that's it, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's like, oh, okay. So now they're out of the World Cup. So now they it need a, a lot America. Less that way. When it, it's quick like that. Yeah. It is uh it is fun to have the games on when they're coming on though. I don't mind the Russia time. There, you always miss the one game that's on in the middle of the night on the West Coast, but the other ones are I, coming on at good times. I forgot who described it this way, but they said it, that you both can't watch and can't not watch the World yeah. Cup. It just you, you have to have it on. There's something very pleasant about it. Yeah, it's hard to follow. It's not a ton of scoring, obviously, but um, yeah, you have to have it on. And and look, I, I, we, we've said this many times. If there, if there's nothing going on. Bet a sport, it'll make it more interesting. Bet soccer. And I, yeah. I feel this way about like the Patriots. If you don't like what's going on in the state of the game of football, bet the Patriots. If you don't like what the Warriors are doing to basketball, bet the Warriors. It makes everything more uh, <laughs> more entertaining and, and you, you could stomach it all. Well, just don't bet what we're betting on because we had a bad oh, right. run. But we're going to talk about it. We, we, I think we fixed, we fixed the yeah. uh, momentum swing. But we... We somehow, we had the Warriors and Cavs to make the finals, a bet we made nine months ago, and they made the finals, mm -hmm. but I somehow lost money in it. I'm still not sure how that happened. Then I had <laughs> the Warriors in five, a perfect yeah. hedge opportunity between, at halftime of game three, I think they were down mm -hmm. six, and, uh, and of course I did nothing, and then they swept, yeah. so I lost on that. But the one good thing, even though all the bleeding we had in the NBA playoffs, and I had talked to enough people because I was at the whole finals mm -hmm. that it really became clear to me that LeBron was either going to the Lakers or staying with the Cavs. And I, I think he's going to the Lakers, but if he wasn't yeah. going to the Lakers, there was like an outside chance he might go to the Cavs. So I texted you. We right. talked about it. At the time we talked about it, the Lakers were plus Nigeria two. scored. Just, just so just, nice. just, we need to keep people updated. Nigeria <laughs> up one nothing. Beautiful. Way to go, All Nigeria. Right. Uh, keep going. Sorry. So the Lakers plus two fifty, yeah. and the Cavs were eight to one, and then there was a yeah. whole bunch of other teams there. Now I think two weeks later, so we jumped on that. We did we we did uh -huh. it so that we would win either way. Two weeks later, Lakers minus four hundred, Cavs plus two fifty. Brian Windhorst on TV this week, who's followed LeBron his whole career, said it's either Cleveland or the Lakers. Everyone else is out. 
So how do, I, I, I'm waiting to see how we're going to screw this up. It doesn't feel like we're going to screw this up. It's amazing. We have been wrong. Let's let's preface it by saying we have been wrong with with LeBron's destination. Since yes. I think we bet on his like when he was nine years old when he was deciding what summer camp to go to, and uh, we screwed that up. And we've been wrong ever since. And yeah, the fact that Winhurst went, that he that he narrows it down to the very two teams we have. We're being set up, Bill. There's no, there's no other way around it. We're being set up here. He's, well, a, he's a sixer. <laughs> yeah, it's the last second. My favorite part of this is I text you, and we yeah. decide to just cut out house. We don't put him yeah, on the I text. Know. We don't, no, don't feel bad about it. He deserves it. I do. He deserves it. He he put his stink on our bets all year, and and this I want to <laughs> announce I'm breaking up with Joe House as a gambling partner. Oh no. Yeah. No, no. You know what? I was having a great time gambling until Joe House entered my life with these th- with these three man <laughs> bets we did. He's out. I, f- I fired him as as a gambling partner. Uh, we cut him terrible. out. We're gonna win Cavs or Lakers, and uh, and House doesn't get to participate in it. And he just gets to watch us go to the bank and cash in our bets. Uh, well, we're gonna have to pay for his buffet or something. Something. <laughs> I, I feel just too miserable if we were to win this. But he'll get the last laugh because LeBron will go to like the Clippers or something. That would be. Yeah, can you imagine last second? It's like, I've changed my mind. I want to play with Chris Paul and James Harden in Houston. It's like, what? <laughs> but yeah, so my, minus 400 and everyone in the league seems to feel like this has been a foregone conclusion for a couple months. And, and then, uh, so you think, yeah, and not only everyone in the league, but Guillermo of uh, Jimmy Kimmel Live fame somehow knows like the superintendent. That, that's the biggest uh, upset of anything that uh, Guillermo knows the superintendent of any school, but he heard that that, uh, LeBron approached the superintendent asking about the, the private school for his kids here in LA. So, yes. Yeah. It, it, it's all looking really good. But um, so I, uh, what, he, yeah, so one of the schools he's, he looked at that we know for a fact he looked at is uh-huh. a school that my daughter is looking at. And then I did some research and my daughter is heading into the eighth grade. And so is LeBron junior. And oh, I was nice. thinking, this sounds like a Fox drama where they end up at the same school and both dads tell them you can't, you can't like that other kid. And then they somehow getting involved. They're sneaking around. They don't want us to find out. I wasn't oh, this a plot a for a Fox. Remember that movie with, with that, that show with Ron Silver where the, the uh, it was the porn producer and the, and the district attorney. Remember that, that show? That OJ killed. <laughs> no. Who's Ron Silver? No. I don't know. <laughs> You don't remember that in the 2004 playoffs and Ron Silver's the porn guy and he's screaming, his father is the district attorney. Oh, I remember that line. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So then maybe, maybe somebody will write a drama about my daughter um, having feelings for for LeBron Jr. If there's nothing else, it'll lead to the potentially the greatest parent corner of all time. Oh my God. uh, That could be a multi-part parent corner. Oh my God. That'd be the best. All right. Now Speaking of parent corner, uh, I am hosting against all odds next week because you're going yes. to New York. And at the time we are taping against all odds, you're going to be at SpongeBob the musical. <laughs> I had to check it out. What am I, what am I to do? I'm a 47 year old man. Is Lin-Manuel yeah. Miranda still in this or did he leave? He left the cast. SpongeBob. I don't think he was ever in that. Wasn't that Hamilton? I don't know. Does he do all of them? <laughs> yeah, he's been on this on the slide, this guy's <laughs> SpongeBob the musical. Yes, but, uh, I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, I, I, <clears throat> I hope you can uh, you can get the nuances of the trifecta. I don't know which ones I'm going to make available to you, but uh, the, 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 everyone's very excited about this. You're taking over. What I are think, you going to talk about? 
I think it, the funniest part will be me not knowing who's talking the entire time and continuing <laughs> throwing it to the wrong people, getting people confused. Uh, yeah. I want to talk. I really think this has been the year that uh, that you and House and and Harry specifically yeah. have really gotten me more interested in golf and specifically the betting of golf. I really enjoyed DraftKings last week. I did a DraftKings thing for the U.S. Open that I I painstakingly went over with House. And ended up finishing like in the top seven, but I kind of get it now. I understand golf. I understand the appeal of the betting and looking at who made the last 10. Oh, this guy made 10 of the last 10 cuts and he finished fourth last right. week. Like there, it, it is like once you kind of go down the rabbit hole, you can't stop. It's pretty and good. Let me tell you, it's, it's a great live event to bet too. Like uh brother, Bry went to his first tournament ever and uh, it was a U.S. open. He's like, you know, like people who like fishing, and you're like, God, I, yeah, fishing's all right, but it's so it's boring, and, you, yeah. and you're at the mercy of the, the whoever's manning the boat, you know. And it's like th- this is like fishing; it's got the calmness of fishing, but you could bet on every hole. You could bet if Tiger's going to hit the fairway on his first shot, or or, or things like that. And it's just it's just spectacular. It's it's a very very underrated uh, gambling event. Do you think we, we? By the way, we missed last week. Dustin Johnson was. I think minus yeah. 50 after the second round to win the U.S. Open, then the field was plus 130 with how hard that course was. We just left right. that one sitting there. That was a mistake. The course was too hard. We should have known. But well, that, I mean, I think like that no one would end up under par was 25 to 1 or something crazy like that. But, yeah. but you threw that to us. You you texted that bet to us before the tournament. I know, I know. Oh, I wish we we could make a book of all the, the, yeah. the big money uh, odds that we passed on through text. Well, what, what, uh, have you started like really fundamentally thinking about how life is going to be different when gambling becomes legal? Because I feel like they're going to make it legal, but I think the live betting is going to take a long time. I think they'll, I think it'll be phases. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's, that's going to be the key, right? When they put all those things in stadiums. And, um, so now if you, if you get hit by a foul ball, it's not because you're looking at your phone. It's because you're, you're betting on, uh, you know, the next at bat, if the guy's going to lay down a sacrifice bunt. But yeah, I, that that's what I want. When that's the world I want to see. I think that's like five or six years from yeah, now. Yeah, I would right? even Where I would even say ten years. I oh really? I think because here's the problem. Uh, you're I can't make ten years. I don't know. Well, but you're you're putting a lot of pressure on whoever is actually deciding what the lines are in the moment. That uh, has to be somebody who is really good at their jobs because this the. The best way to exploit kind of the inefficiencies of gambling is when somebody makes a mistake. And if somebody's making right. a mistake in real time and you're jumping on it, I think there's too much chaos involved. So my guess is they're going to have future bets, that the stuff we like to bet on, like who's going to go first in the draft, um, mm-hmm. who who's going to win the NBA title, who's going to win this playoff series, and then the hardcore, you know, Cowboys home for the Giants minus four. First half lines, second half lines. I think it'll be in stages, but I, I think they'll scale it back and be super simple in the first yeah, couple of years I'm anyway. Hoping, I think they have like New York whiffed on it this year, so you won't have legalized gambling in New York in, in 2018. But um, I think it, every state has to take the most liberal policy of of the of whichever state is, is being kindest to gamblers, right? Like You would think. I don't know. I, yeah, like uh, we love the uh, <clears throat> we love the crazy props. We love will this one get a triple double? Or will this one? You know, I don't know if you're going to get that at every mom and pop shop in a, you know, in Delaware. So I, I, when when people say, well, the sports, the online sports books are dead. 
the bookies are dead. Like, well, no, I don't think so. I think you'll always get a million props from the online sports book that you can't get anywhere else. I yeah. think bookies are gr- great because people, A, want to, they want to pay on credit and B, they want to be anonymous. So I don't think they'll get hurt. In other words, there's enough to go around for everyone. It's a glorious time. We're always going to figure out how to lose. We figured it out with the yeah, NBA draft. Right. I texted you in house about Luka Doncic was 15 to one to go first in the draft. They hadn't said they were going to pick it. I was smart. It got, it dropped down to like plus 400. We just should have gone against it. We keep writing checks, but uh, I know. in the memo we could write it. It's a, it's a smart bet. <laughs> but, have, uh, no, you let the, the, here's the thing. I went crazy. The trifecta and I went three and one with our NBA prop bets. But uh, what'd you do? What uh, were the bets? bets? We went both bridges over. One was nine over nine and a half. One was over seven and a half. I yeah. think. Uh, and then we had one. Uh, Harry lost on on Trey Young going uh, over. But the one that you liked, the other one that won was Porter. And I talked about it with you, and you, you didn't pull the trigger on it. You said, no one's – no, here's what you say. You said, no one's drafting that guy in the top six. <laughs> and, in fact, no one drafted him in the top six. We I got scared. We should have bet it. And I got scared because uh, there were rumors about Dallas at five if they didn't trade up for Doncic. The, really? the one we uh, really messed up on, I think Doncic for a while was oh, – the over was three and a half, wasn't it? Or no? Uh, yeah, it, it was three and a half, but the the over was. And then they flipped the it to two and a half. Big. Yeah, but right, I think, right, right. That's right. That's what it went. I think that was. It, it's almost like football, where everybody tries to talk themselves out of the the best three players not going somehow in order, and then that's what ends up happening all the time. Right. And it was like Doncic had the most value of anyone after the first pick. There was no way he was going to fall to the fourth pick. So something to remember for next year. Did you guys talk about, um, I, I tuned in by the way, that was a lot of fun. The, uh, your, your, you had, what was it, like 15, 15 fellows there yesterday. A lot the of NBA people, draft. a lot of young Five. people. I felt very old. I felt like you guys, it was like, uh, it was like a jury in Schenectady, New York, looking to, uh, decide on the death penalty for James Dolan. Yeah. Uh, as I was looking, but, <laughs> but it was good. But do you guys discuss what happens with the cap? That like Doncic's wear the like the Atlanta Hawks cap. Yeah, we did, we what talked about it briefly. Yeah, he, he, you did. Every draft, somebody puts the hat on and then gets traded. Either he yeah. already knows he's about to get traded, or it happens a little bit later. The one that was really cold was Mikael Bridges because he. Yeah, that was not bad. only wear the hat, not only did his family celebrate, and I think his mom works in HR for the Sixers, but uh, then but then he was in the press conference after, and then they blindsided right, him. Right. But I right. think, you know, we've we've been betting on the draft for a long time, and I think, mm-hmm. I think these, uh, I think the the whoever makes these lines have have gotten really good at them. There's there's no inefficiencies anymore. Everybody's right around. The only one you really could have gotten a bargain on was Michael Porter if you had like his medical info, but nobody had the medical info. That was part of the problem. Right. So how do we get the damn medical info? We need to know some of these docs. Don't, don't we know a doctor yet to can figure this out? But no, you're right. Like Bagley was minus Bagley's going top three, but under three and a half was like minus four fifty or something. So yeah, you're right. They they don't they don't let you. There's no free money in the NBA draft anymore. Do you have a you have a quick parent corner before we go? Anything going on in your life? Uh, <clears throat> you think of one. Let me let me see. Oh, I should have thought of one ahead of time. No, um, we don't need to do one. We I forgot to ask you about the. You went to the worst basketball game of all time. I don't know how much you can say, <laughs> but uh, Cruz versus Kimmel with. Uh, basically rugby rules. And yeah. I don't think people, it kind of came and went. I, it, it, 
I, I don't think people really studied what happened. It, 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 they played for over an hour and a half. There was a halftime, yeah. but the total time of the game was an hour and 40 minutes. And the final score was 11 to nine playing by ones. That sounds, I, how many months have to pass before we do an oral history for the ringer about just what a, what a travesty of a sporting event this was. I think you need to do it right now while it's fresh in everybody's head. But, and, and one thing that would be featured is when I was on the phone, actually with on the phone with Senator Ted Cruz, because they went back and forth about the rules. Ted Cruz says, we have to take it back to the free throw line. And Jimmy's like, absolutely not. Every possession gets taken back to the, for the three point line at the top of the key. And by like 10 minutes in, these guys were barely taking the ball back. <laughs> and then Ted Cruz didn't want, Ted Cruz didn't want a, uh, he didn't want a referee. It's like, how are you not going to have a referee? We had Bob Delaney. You, you know, Bob Delaney. Yeah. We had a pro set up and uh, he's like, no, no referee. He's like, well, what, what if the ball goes out on? He's like, we want chain link fence, one-on-one rules, you know, pick up games. So I get on the phone with him and finally Bob Delaney uh, proves to him that he's going to be impartial. And I say to Ted Cruz, because you could actually bet on this game, Simmons, and you didn't, but I did. Jimmy opened up as a plus 160 underdog. So I said, all right, we're maxing out on that. Of course, that didn't work out. But I said to uh, Senator Cruz at the end of the call, I said, hey, if you want, don't want this to be a complete disaster, because I had confidence in my cousin, I said, why don't you bet on Jimmy Kimmel? And then you could save face a little. And he said, what do I look like to you, Pete Rose? He and, said uh, that to you? I didn't you? have an answer for that. He kind of does look like Pete Rose, but I didn't know what to say to him. Yeah, He looks like Pete it. Rose and Grayson Allen had a, had a baby. <laughs> he really does. I, see, but yeah, that was, I, I'm amazed well, that you bet on Jimmy. That that is the ultimate homer. That's like you betting on the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl. I thought the odds were actually uh, too skewed. I, I I actually thought Cruz was a great bet. I never would have done it. I would have wanted to root for Ted Cruz really? for anything. But yeah, Jimmy doesn't play basketball. He's I, I've thought, never seen him play basketball ever. I know, but I just thought like good would prevail over evil. I just, <laughs> I just figured. Here's what I thought. Jimmy's very confident. You know our cousin. He's very, very yeah, confident. Yeah, he like is. If you were to go up to him, if you were to go up to him right now and say, hey, uh, Mitt, Mitt Romney wants to challenge you to a uh, uh, stone skimming contest across the Great Salt Lake. Yeah. Uh, and, and he would say, oh, I'll kill him. Right. And you're like, oh, really? When, when was the last time you skimmed stones across the lake? Oh, I was probably like eight or nine years old. Like, yeah. Oh, have you ever seen Mitt Romney? No, no, but I'll kill him. I know, I'll kill him. <laughs> and you and you'd buy it. You're like, I guess there's no reason to be negative about it, so you might as well be. You know, it's like, all right, yeah, yeah, of course you're going to beat Mitt Romney in skimming stones and Ted Cruz in basketball. He should have yeah, played, he should have played that. him in Scrabble. Like, if it, if it was like Ted Cruz, we're playing online said, Scrabble, yeah. everybody can watch it, and I'm going to house you. I would have right. been all in on Kimmel because I've seen him play Scrabble, but right, that's what he said. You don't just you but, don't just start playing basketball when you haven't played for thirty years. I, I thought that no, was nuts. And one on one is brutal, and the way they play, to to their credit or whatever, it was almost. I don't know what the video footage shows, but it was impossible to get a shot off. It really was. They were like Ted Cruz is hooking his left arm while Jimmy did that sky hook with the right arm, and then would shove him out of frame right as he was like they knew each other's every move right away, but um, which is a more impressive stat to you? Oh, for your first 36 shots or nine for 103 overall? That's what Kimmel finished? Nine for 103? Yeah. Nine for hundred. I mean, he would have been better off just firing threes. He would have made like 12 yeah. of them, right? I know. Uh, Even with space? I First of all, I'm very upset I wasn't consulted. I would have at least helped with the strategy. 
Second of all, yeah. um, it didn't look like either guy was in shape. So whoever was in better shape was going to get to every rebound. But neither, uh, both of them looked exhausted. And Jimmy actually got hurt. So he, yeah. so he lost to Ted Cruz and he got injured. Other right. than that, a, a success, I thought. You would have liked <laughs> We did raise money for charity. That's oh, true. yeah, we raised but money. Ralph, that's true. True. Ralph Sampson was the def- was Jimmy's coach. Legendary. Yeah. Ralph Sampson. We feel he's going to pump up the crowd. It's going to be great. He comes out. And then after like 20 minutes, I, I walk up to him like, hey, you got to you have to say something to Jimmy. You have to help him here. And he's like, I'm sorry. This is an uncoachable game. It's <laughs> 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 like, great. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed the first free first class ticket out. <laughs> it's an uncoachable game. Gus Johnson, there was a sadness in his eyes around the one and a half hour mark. Uh, last but before we go, World Cup odds. Brazil plus three seventy five, Spain plus four fifty, Belgium plus seven hundred, Germany seven to one, France plus seven fifty, England twelve to one, which is crazy. Croatia fourteen to one. I watched that entire mm-hmm. game on my flight home from Boston yesterday. Yeah. I think Croatia is really good. Those odds aren't fantastic, but I like the fourteen to one. And Mexico is twenty eight to one. Was the only other one uh, I know. There, there but, was something. Yeah, I'm not going to pretend. No, I, I'm just going to bet the under in every every single it, game. Good. But, you do that. Um, you do you. But I will say Brazil, that was the bad beat of a, a lifetime. Brazil, if you had Brazil minus one and a half, they scored in the 91st minute and the 97th minute. First of all, I've never 97th, heard of 97th minute. minute. What did somebody yeah. get paralyzed on the field? How do you have 97 I, minute games? I know. I've, I've been watching soccer since, uh, oh, geez, 2016. I've never seen seven minutes added to a game. But uh, yeah, Brazil ends up winning two nothing. So yeah, there's some gems out there. I look for them. Well, I don't have a parent corner either. So I'm I'm hosting all right. against all odds on Tuesday with the trifecta. I'm going to get their names confused. It's going to be great. And uh, and we're also, we're not going to call you, right? I'm just guessing. You can hosting. call if you want. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure that out. We'll figure it all out. I'm going to load you up. Don't worry. I'm going to make a nice uh, outline for you well, with a nice r- a riverboat casino prop and everything. I don't want you to miss act two of SpongeBob the Musical. Son of a bitch! Well, How did I, I get broke into this. I don't want you to miss it. I don't. You might miss. There might be a major plot twist or something. I'm the only one who wants me to miss it. <laughs> All right, cause uh, we'll talk to you soon. Good job by you. All right, good job by you. All right, before we bring in Jonathan Jarks, let's talk about Gillette. I went to the Gillette headquarters last month and was absolutely stunned by the history. By, by the amount of time that they have been making razors and how it intersects with World War One and World War Two and NASA. They have a NASA contract where they help them out with a whole bunch of stuff and uh, all the different sports they've sponsored and all that. But there's one cool section. They had uh, all the razors they've made over the years, like by the year, and you go through. And depending on how old you are, you're like, oh, that, there's my first razor. So I, whatever my first razor was in the late 80s, it was like... It was like being in a in a time machine, but you know the biggest thing I learned when I was there was just how much time and care they put into this stuff and how they listen to their uh, their customers, and they don't feel like there is a right way to make a razor. They listen to feedback from everybody. What are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? And they just try to make razors for them, like the Gillette Five Razor, five bladed razor lubrication strip, great gliding performance, less irritations, a three sixty aqua grip handle. Uh, they just, that's what comes out of all the research they do. They offer a variety of shaving products for every guy, regardless of his personal style, skin needs, or budget. 
whether you want three blades or five, the Gillette 3 and Gillette 5 razors have you covered. All under $10, high performance at a low price. Get Gillette Performance delivered to your door and find Gillette 5 at GilletteOnDemand.com. Fresh from South Boston. Subscribe today. All right, Jonathan Sharks is here from The Ringer. We were together last night. We did a live draft party on Twitter. That was really fun. You were yeah. writing draft grades somehow and piping in occasionally. I always have my takes. You're low I got to sneak them in. Yeah, you're a low usage rate, though, because you were writing, too. So yeah. I'm going to give you a little so more. So then I was like a... 35 feet away. I'll get a shot at real quick. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Throw a take Everyone, so You were spaced in the floor. Every once in a while, we're finding <laughs> you in the corner. Uh, just So I had some time to think about it. A lot happened last night for what seems in retrospect to be not an action-packed draft, but I, I do feel like it was because we didn't know where Doncic was going. We didn't know for sure if the Kings were going to take Bagley. But I just look at the big winners. I like that Mavs trade. Oh, my God. When I woke up this morning, I was like, Jesus. Yeah. They might have gotten... I mean, if the goal is to get a superstar in the draft, which you and I both think he could be a yeah. superstar, the price they paid, basically, they moved up two spots and they gave up some protected a protected first rounder that really can't haunt them for two years. I thought that was a fantastic trade. Yeah, they didn't have to give up much at all. I think they were in a great spot because Atlanta wanted Trey Young. So they couldn't go past Orlando at six. Yeah. So it was pretty much just Dallas only to take away trade with. So it was just like, we want Young. Let's get an extra pick. Let's just do this. And then you had Memphis right between them who could have screwed the whole thing up and pretended they wanted Trey Young. Yeah, but that and no of one, course did no one would have believed, no one would believe that though. Because they already had Conley. What they if wanted, they just took him? Jackson would be so much better for them than Conley. Jack, I mean, than Trey Young. Jackson. But I'm be saying, great what if you take Trey Young and you're just like, it's almost like dangling a child mm. over over a railing. Like <laughs> I have Trey Young. That requires you, you will of, pay my price for Trey Young right now. <laughs> I think Memphis just do what's in front of you. Don't get too complicated. Just take the good. I don't trust Memphis to pull that off. Just take the player who's good. So one of the things I, you know, I always default to what what matters the most to the Celtics. The Celtics have the Kings pick next year. I look now at Memphis, if they can get Conley and Gasol and Jaron Jackson, and you know they have some good role players in that team, they're not going to be a train wreck if Conley and Gasol stay healthy and if Jackson can yeah. stay on the floor for 25 minutes a game. Dallas, I think Doncic, if they sign Boogie or Capella, it sounds like now they're going to, they want to compete right away. They're going to throw money at some center. They're going to be better. They'll be better I think, for sure. And Phoenix is definitely going to be better. I think Sacramento is the worst team in the West. I have to look at a list of teams. That sounds right. Are, Those we, are, the are four we forgetting worst. any other non-playoff teams? Lakers. They'll be better, obviously. Yeah, they'll be LeBron the worst. The Lakers. The Nuggets are still going to be good. And the Clippers, Clippers. They'll be okay. Timberwolves. Pat, like yeah. you go on down the line, the Kings. They'll be the worst team in the West for sure. Yeah, they add Bagley. They already had a bunch of forwards. I think we both like Bagley just from a production standpoint. Yeah. I think he's going to get points and rebounds, but I don't, I don't think he's necessarily going to make them better. And it just seems like Dallas, I'm trying to figure out if that pick will haunt them. I don't think they're the worst team in the West next year. They actually might lose that pick next year. It might be in like that eight to 11 range, right? So here's the thing about Luka versus Bagley. It's like you start creating lineups. It's like, man, Luka just makes everybody around him better. The lineup just makes more sense. Yeah. Whereas Bagley, you have to like put him in the perfect lineup for it to work, which they don't have in Sacramento at all. And you're going to suffer defensively with Bagley. Not, not that Doncic is uh, but he's know, Paul a, George. Yeah. But that's why they have to sign a center. That's why the Mavs need a defensive center for sure. That's what, see, I had them right about eight hours before the draft. They did a mock draft on Twitter. I really didn't think they were going to take Mo Bamba, the Mavs. Because he's a I think because And because they can get a center. Yeah. So I don't know if I've told the story in the pod, but I talked to Carlisle before game two, just on the court mm -hmm. shooting the shit. And, uh, and I was like, so how are you feeling about the big rebuild? 
what's it going to take like two, three years? He's like, we're not rebuilding. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, we want to be good next year. And didn't say it ironically or anything. Like he was just like, no, we're going to be, we're going to try to be good next year. So I was like, okay. So I filed that away. And now you look at Doncic, who I think is going to be ready to play right away. For sure. If they sign Capella. Man, if that happens, that would be so major. Oh my God. Capella, Matthews, Barnes, Smith, Doncic. That's a good five. Dirt coming off the bench. One other, I, I mean, that's my point is that's not a bad team. It's that's a really a 35 to 40. It really team. rounds out, rounds out perfectly. Like everybody, like Wesley Matthews, Harrison Barnes are so much better in smaller roles on offense. Yeah. And they guard the guys on defense. Luca hides on defense. You have two ball handers, Luke and Smith. He's going to roll guy and a defensive player. I mean, it fits. It all works perfectly together. And we had been making fun of the Mavs. I think I even did this on my pod a couple of days ago about how, I forget who I said this to that. I, I just didn't think, Cuban hit. Oh, with Jason Gallagher when we did yeah. that long yeah, jackpot. Yeah. I was like, does it bother you the Mavs haven't made one good move in the last six years? <laughs> this was one of the best trades of the decade, in my opinion. I'm going all in. I rarely do this, I but love I it. just think love like it. there's certain times, man. I felt this way about Durant Noden. I felt this way about watching um Minnesota pass on Curry twice. Um uh oh, we just had a goal. Who scored? Another Nigeria goal. Another Nigeria goal. Wow. Oh, Nigeria, they're going nuts. Uh that's cool. I just think Doncic is going to be great. I really do. I, I'm all in on it. I'm I'm happy to have this thrown in my face in 10 years. That guy, what he did at age 18 in the league he was in, and the amount of games he played, you know, he yeah. basically played like 90 games in front of crazy crowds and really competitive situations. And was good and is a creator and can play three positions, I think. I, I just think, like him. Because like you look at like skill set and two, like I did a big article last year on Bogdan Bogdanovich. Yeah. He, he, the year before, he was the leading scorer in EuroLeague. He comes to the States. He had a good year as a rookie. He did. He had a good year. It was a Luka's, weird team. I mean, he's bigger. He shoots it. So like he'll be able to compete at an NBA floor right away and make players better. Just his skill set right now is just translates immediately. I like the way he handles himself too. I guess the fear would be you're coming in and now you're expected to be the savior of the match. And the nice thing is they have Smith there. The two things, they have Dennis Smith to share that load and they have Dirk as a face of the franchise. Dirk can be like, Luca, here's how you do this. Hit uptown like once a week, maybe twice. Right, right, right. Don't go on the full Parsons. Like you got to pull it back a little bit. Yeah. Dirk's like, look, some of these Dallas ladies, you got to be careful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't go in that part of town. <laughs> uh, It'll be great. It'll what be great. about Smith and Doncic playing together? I think it works fine because the thing about it is in Rick's system, you always have two point guards. So last year, Dennis played with JJ Barea, Yogi Ferrell, or De Devin Harris all season. So now you're placing those guys as Luka Doncic. It's like the same role, but now he's 6'8", 230, and he shoots threes. This feels like a good farewell year for Dirk if he wants to do we it were, that I was way. talking to someone like today. Like a torch like, pass. Dirk is going to shoot forever. He's always valuable in the second unit. He can play 15 minutes a game for like two or three more years He now. might want to do that. He couldn't have to do anything. He just comes to the game and takes four threes. They, they play him 65 games. The team's actually fun to play with now. I always thought he would be the greatest version of Sam Perkins 20 years ago. Dirk when will Sam do it, Perkins man. had that Seattle run when he put on all that weight, he had the dreads. Yeah. And uh, they just kind of spotted him up from deep. The thing about like the Mavs second unit last year was freaking incredible. They said start, the starters sucked, but like they had Dirk, Berea, and Powell was pretty good for them. Powell too. rolls really well. Yeah. And so Dirk just shoots threes. Like they don't guard anybody, but they score so many points, it doesn't even matter. So another big thing that happened yesterday was, uh, well, Phoenix went all in on their team, which I didn't totally understand. I mean, I did. He's been there a long time. He needs to win. The GM. Yeah, yeah. That's my fear of it. It's, you know, the worst example of all time of this, um, or most painful example, I should say, is 
the Serge Ibaka trade that Orlando made. Mm-hmm. And the GM was basically like, I'm getting fired anyway if this Stan doesn't Van work Gundy out. Stan Van Gundy yeah. with Blake Griffin is another great example. This one didn't feel as like hit or, hit or miss, I'm all in, but it definitely had uh, had shades of that. I where, th- oh, if, if none of this really works to the degree it's going to work, I'm not here in three years anyway, so fuck it. I don't care about that Miami pick. I just thought that was a great pick. Well, I mean, I, th- I will say for Phoenix's perspective, like you theoretically have your stars now, and it's like, okay, if I have Devin Booker, I need long athletic guys around him to guard for him. Now I have Josh Jackson and Mike Mikhail Bridges. Like that makes sense just from like, we have our stars, find guys who make sense around them. But the difference between Mikhail Bridges and Zaire Smith isn't significant enough to give up that Miami pick, I don't think. If it, if you're talking about moving up from five well, to three I like to take Z- Zaire, Zaire is great, so I'm, I really, I, I'm a big Zaire guy. He went right around where we thought we could, he was going to go, but I think from a sleeper kind of upside potential. Oh, my God. He's in there. Like if you, I mean, I'm sure most of our listeners don't watch Texas Tech basketball, but just wait for this guy. In the I league. just watched him on YouTube. That's just, it. I mean, watch those clips, people. The dunks, the blocks. He blocks like Dwayne Wade block shots. He just destroys the ball. Yeah. It's incredible. I thought that was an awesome trade. And yeah, I can't I like believe Brett, Brain, Brett Brown made it, who was coaching the team the whole year, was not a front office person at no, all. No, like literally like in the grades, I was like, well, as you would expect, the coach GM makes a safe pick. And then I'm like, well, never mind. Brett Brown actually is like, Whoever made the call there is doing the right thing. That was a great. great I think move. that's a potentially a catastrophic trade for Phoenix because I. So you look at Miami three years from now, who's on that team, right? They don't have a guaranteed all star on that Did team. Did you hear they were shopping Winslow now? They're shopping him. They're shopping Winslow. Yeah. Dragic is there. Whiteside, they'll finally be out of his contract, I think, at that point, but they just don't have, they don't have that one guy that you would say, oh, he'll, he might be yeah. an all star. So now you're banking on either Riley free might agent- retire, you know, at some point. Right, Riley might retire, or you're banking on free agency. But, um, you know, I think there's a lot of smart teams. Now. I don't know if Miami has the same kind of allure yeah. that it did ten years ago. I think for Phoenix, though, like that w- it would have been a nice thing to have. But if you're drafting eight and one, you're thinking I have Booker, eight and Jackson. That's a pretty good big three. That should be enough. They can go. On the flip side, if my counter argument of that is if you think you have the nucleus of some something good. Mm-hmm. That Miami pick comes in handy later if you're going to make that's true. whatever the version of the Kawhi that's trade your, is that's two your years That's Celtics from now. picks that you're going to use for yeah. now. Yeah, that's a good point. That's yeah, and put it this way. If the Celtics had traded the Grizzlies pick, which I think is probably a little more desirable than my Miami pick, if they traded that Grizzlies pick to move up from 16 to 10 in a draft, I would have, I would have been furious. Yeah. So- We'll see. Philly, but I mean, now Philly has it. That's massive. Well, Philly so we, and that. we all thought our reaction in the room was this is Kawhi bait. For sure. For that sure. this is, or whoever they think they might be able to get at some point. But Kawhi is a very logical. I would say if I'm Philly, I'm going to do it. We have enough assets. Let's just go for well, it. Well, how far would you go for Kawhi? I wouldn't, give up everything. You would give up? I would give up. Would you put faults in it? If I had to. But I would try to, I try to go Sarich. Um, and maybe Zaire, maybe a pick. And not all of that. Though. They have so many good assets. Two would of those do, assets. Would you do Fultz, Covington, Sarich, and the Miami pick? That's a lot. I maybe, would do it. Yeah, if I Kawhi's mean, you got to do it. I would do it. If he had, yeah, you, you got to do it. I don't think even if he's resigning, you just have to gamble. Because Kawhi off Simmons and Embiid would be incredible. I think he might stay. I don't they, know. They shaved some cap space, too, to enable them. Yeah, that was some tricky maneuvering. Yeah, enable them good. to at least think about trying to get Paul George. I mean, people in the league seem to think he's going to L.A., but... 
I guess too, it's like, yeah, Brett Brown's coach GM, but they still have professionals. I mean, there's still plenty of guys in the front office who can do these things. So they're like, I guess that was good. Well done on Philly's part though. That's good. So then Phoenix ends up with the nucleus of Booker and, and Josh Jackson, who I thought the last couple months, I'm I watched a couple Jackson times. Guy. I thought I, I really I thought he got better as the year went along. Aiton, um, Mikhail Bridges. I like Tyler Eulis as, as like a third guard. I don't know. I'm maybe. just talking about pieces. Yeah. TJ Warren. They've six guys for a rotation now. I think, and I'm leaving out somebody. They just need a point you, guard. Oh, KOC still likes Dragon Bender. He could be a good backup five. I, I like him a little bit. He's not. He's not. I wouldn't give up on him yet. And I think they have free agent money too. They they, they got stuck to, with that Brandon Knight contract. Oh, that's a brutal one. They just need to get a point guard or some. Unless they trust Doncic to go point full time. I'm not Doncic. Sorry, Booker. They need a point guard of someone because they can't start Ulysses. I don't think. I think he's too small. He doesn't shoot. That's so you. Spot. What about the Booker, Aiton, Josh Jackson as a nucleus? Could those be the three best guys on a contender? I think four years from now. Because I think Jackson on defense will be huge for them. That is like because like Booker and Aiton have a bunch of defensive issues. Having Jackson and Bridges, I think it's just Aiden's defense. Like my prediction is the better Aiden is as a defender and a passer, the better the Suns will be. If he becomes a great passer, great defender, they're gonna be awesome. If he's average, they'll be an average team. Another thing we noticed yesterday. I think we're split on Mobamba and whether But Orlando was the worst spot for him. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. And that's the thing with these fits for for the draft that so much of it depends on where you go. I think Rob Williams, the guy the Celtics got. I think there's probably three teams that he could have gone to. Williams would um, be awesome in Boston. He's a great, great But talent. like so Rob, Rob Williams, New Orleans, Houston, Boston, teams that would use a five just for basically lob dunks, yeah. rim protection, and rebounds. And that's it. That's all we want. Just worry about these three things. And he goes to one of those teams and now assuming they can, you know, turn him into somewhat of a professional, yeah. I think that's a good pick. It's a fantastic pick. And I look at Bamba and it's like, he's on this team with a bunch of big dudes who can't shoot. Um, like who's no, our point guard? No point guard at all. Nothing. A new coach, uh, just systemic losing now for the entire decade. And that was the worst team he could have gone to. So, you know, I think out of the 30 teams, that was the worst team he could have gone to. You know what I would to. do if I were them? I'd try to get like Kyle Lowry or someone. I don't know if he's a good culture guy. I though. was thinking about Schroeder. They need a veteran. but What Schroeder, about Schroeder? They need a point guard. If worst case, I'll take Schroeder. I need someone there like right now. So Atlanta wants to trade Schroeder. I was looking at the, you know, they have Terrence Ross is expiring like 10 million. They have yeah. Shelvin Max expiring like 6 million. And they could put together that and like a conditional first. They should, that, that should be able to get Schroeder for them. They, they could do that trade. Well, so- my thing is, if you're going to take Bamba, you're doing him a disservice if he doesn't have somebody who knows how to run a basketball yeah, team. You can't sure. put him with third string point He's guards. A, I mean, you saw what happened in Texas this year. Like, yeah, that was what happened. They had bad guards. Were you how far in were you on him on a scale of uh, one to one hundred? Uh, like sixty, like sixty-five. I thought I thought him and Rob Williams are pretty similar as prospects. Really? But I I was higher on Williams. I think Bamba's a good starter. I think could be a good starting five. But to me, he was like a top ten to fifteen. I wasn't huge on him like KOC was. And what did you think about Sexton going to Cleveland? I think it's a good instant pick. Like he's like Sexton's a guy high floor. I'm not sure he has a high ceiling. Like he's gonna dominate the ball, get a bunch of empty stats in Cleveland. Maybe be a rookie of the year. But I'm not sure. Like five years from now, I'd rather have SGA for over him five years from now. Wow, that where our staff was the most split on SGA. I think of anyone. Yeah, I'm, I I'm think gonna, he's I'm Michael Carter guy. Williams, Alfred Payton. I, I think he's in that mold. He's way smarter basketball player than them. He's like one of the smartest basketball players I've watched in college in a long time. So you compare him more to Rondo, even though they're games. Yeah, yeah, it's like in terms of basketball IQ. That man is a basketball dang near genius. I think we'll figure it out. Because you know he's such a good athlete, 
But then you get to the pros, everyone's no, see, a good SJ, athlete. SJ is not a good athlete. He's an average. I thought he athlete. was. No, 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 no. That's what Titus told me last night. No, like his first step isn't great. He uses his length and size to get for get spots. He plays like a ten year vet. He has all the hesitation moves, the pump fakes, both hands, draws fouls. He's like an old school player. So, so I don't think anyone could succeed in the NBA unless they have that one elite skill. So what's his elite skill? Rim. His like, IQ? IQ ball, IQ passing, getting to the rim. Like Kentucky last year played one three-point shooter all season, and he still lived at the rim because he was so good at getting through cracks and spots. You think that works in the NBA though? With more shooting. Kentucky was like literally, that was like one of the most, that was a disaster. Like John Calipari should be like, that was a horrible what they did to those guys last year. Well, he ruined Diallo. Diallo, Diallo Jared Vanderbilt. When Ian Gabriel round. didn't get drafted, man, a lot of guys got their career shredded last night from Kentucky. That was bad. So the Clippers ended up with SGA and they ended up with uh, the Boston College kid. Robinson. Two yeah. more guards. They have six guards now. I, I don't care about the other guards in that team. Like it's SGA and Robinson. So Austin Rivers, you just basically, you're mean to until he'll be he gone leaves. next year, right? He's one year left. I think he's an expiring. Doesn't matter. He'll be gone. Whatever. Lou Williams is still there. He'll put up stats for my fans. Milos is still there. Milos is a passer. That's okay. Bradley's probably gone, right? Beverly. He's hurt. Bradley's gone. Beverly's not a long-term guy. He's hurt. Long-term. It feels like they're poised to make another deal for somebody. I would think so. I mean, who wants all those guards, though? Well, maybe it's like a guard, Tobias Harris, See, I think I think SJ, I mean, Jerry West is like, this is my backcourt three years from now. I'm just going to go with it. I'm Jerry West. I would have taken Porter with one of those two. I think when you have two firsts, you you got to take Porter. But he must, know, his back uh, must be just destroyed. I don't know. I hate to say that, but how else would he fall that far? I know the smart teams were trying to trade up to that 12 to 15 range to try to get him. I mean, yeah. Denver's a pretty smart team. He could be great there if he's healthy. I mean, that's the thing. Who knows? They said maybe a red shirt this year now. The Celtics were sniffing around. Why not? If at that price, that spot in the draft, do it. Because you figure as long like Denver basically said, we if we have to sit him out for a year, we'll sit him out. But with the amount of talent he has, yeah. I think once you get out of like the top 11 or 12, for sure. now it's just upside. Once That's why draft- I like Rob Williams. Once you're drafting Jerome Robinson, just start drafting guys who are right. good. Zaire Smith, like these guys that, what's Lon- your Lonnie ceiling? Walker in San Antonio. Watch out for that. That could be a really nice move for them. Oh, so you like that one? Well, in San Antonio, him and DeJounte Murray, that works well as a backcourt. He, Lonnie Walker's a good shooter. He's a smart player. I thought you More were great. I thought you were too easy of a grader. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I trying- wanted, I, you. You should go into those draft guides and be like, two people are getting an F today. <laughs> See, I look at it like ABC. I would say on Twitter, like, from in my family growing up, a C was an F. Like, that's horrific. <laughs> so C is super insulting for you. For sure. B's like, uh, I mean, actually, like, a lot of B's, I'm like, B's are terrible. Don't ever get B's. Who would get an F for you if you had given out an F? Oh, I have to look at a list. It's been, my, my brain's been flooded. You know what I mean? Like, I got to think about it for a second. I'm trying to think the ones you didn't like that much. Um, you did you like the Knox Knicks pick? It was okay. He'll be okay there. I mean, I didn't hate it. I I gave like six C's. I just I mean, I'm brain's fried right now. I can't remember. You didn't love the Bamba pick. Yeah, I didn't like that one. You were lukewarm on um who was the seventh pick? Now I'm blanking. See, I am too. It's just been a long night. Who's the seventh pick, Kyle? Well, uh, no, no Chicago. Six. Yeah, oh, Carter, Wendell Carter. I didn't love that pick. I think he's a good player, but I don't like that front court going forward. Wendell. And you don't like Wendell Carter and Laurie Mark? It's just slow. I mean, I think they're very skilled, but they're just going to be slow. I want Laurie to play five some. Now I have a true five playing 35 minutes a night. So how much five is he going to play now? The Porter thing. 
you know, we've seen this every so often. Like I remember Jared Sullinger fell to 21. The Celtics took him. Yeah. And we saw, yeah. Yeah. And they were like, this is a steal. This guy can yeah. score. And the first year he was like, oh, this was a steal. This is great. He was out of the league like three years later. Yeah. Like I mean, his when, back, guy, when his medical back stuff went. happens, they, yeah. I mean, these are good doctors. They're not just like making this up. I remember when the Celtics looked at the Odin, the medical stuff, and they had a doctor at the time that they didn't tell him who the player was. You know, oh, they would just, they would just show him the medicals yeah. and be like, all right, here's prospect A, here's prospect B. And they showed him the Odin stuff. And the guy was like, you can't take this player with any pick. He's not going to be in the league in three years. Well, I mean, that, then again, you look at like Brandon Roy. He fell that one That was year. another one. But like that worked out because whatever, you got like six years out four of Four or him. five years out That's of That's a great pick. Right. So with Porter. Especially because a good Denver team doesn't need this pick to do anything. So it's like, who cares? Just can't take a gamble. My thing is with with all the technology we have in 2018 and somebody who's young like that, unless like they got in a car accident and like literally fractured two vertebrae and like their spine's never the same. I really find it hard to believe they can't fix some of the stuff know. he has. I think most injuries, yes, the back is just such a unique thing. Like, but he's young though. I'm not a doctor. Unless, right. unless it's like just degenerative where it's like this, this will just get worse every year and there's no way out. Yeah. I don't, I mean, it's worth the rip. Put it this way at 14 for sure. and you're for Denver sure. and you have a pretty loaded team anyway. Yeah. So, um, any last thoughts? I mean, anyone you Dallas, felt bad for? Uh, I'll honestly, I'm so Mavs focused right now. I've been like scheming up Mavs plans. So we have three, Matt, we have, we have you Gallagher and Shoemaker and you guys were celebrating like you won the world series or something. We were talking about like, cause it's been six years. The Mavs, they got won the championship and they blew it up instantly. So you didn't really get to enjoy it. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, this team was really bad. And they've been just making horrible moves for six seasons, embarrassing themselves on and off the court. It's been a really rough stretch. The five-year grace period that every fan base gets after they win the title where you can't complain about your team, you used up all five <laughs> years. And then you're like, all right, this sucks. Well, when you when you, like, when you break your team apart, it's like, well, the team's gone. What grace period? There's none of the players there anymore. Yeah, I wonder if they would do that over again, the no, Tyson no Chandler way. part. Tyson, they had to. Okay. When they didn't lose, when they lost in the first, I remember this. I'm driving home and I hear on the radio, like, the Mavs will not resign Tyson Chandler. I had to pull over the side of the road. I like smoked a cigarette and I was like, (laughs) we've waited our entire career for Dirk to have a good defensive center. Like I've watched Dirk lose in the playoffs for 15 years because he never plays defense. They get this guy on his lap. They won a championship. Oh, we don't want him. Ah, whatever. I'm just like. They definitely out out thought themselves. And the other thing is I was, I was actually talking to somebody about that 2011 Mavs team. They, it, it kind of broke perfectly for them. They caught everybody sure. at the perfect time. It was the right, right in the dip, for sure. Like, they beat the Blazers in round one. They had that Brandon Roy. You know what's funny? That was like the toughest it. series in Mass Yeah, Blades remember that? that year. It was a Brandon Roy, what was that? Game, game three? Four. Or game, game four, four? man. That was incredible. But Portland just didn't have the horses. Yeah. They go to the next round. The Lakers just completely They're implode. Cooked. They're done, yeah. But then the series after, which everybody forgets. That was so bad. Scott Brooks messed that up so bad. They yeah. should have won that for they sure. They beat OKC in five. Now, Dirk... I, I don't remember the exact stats, but I remember Dirk went off in at least three of those games, right? But here's the thing. The Mavs could never guard James Harden. Harden was a six-man. So if he had played 35 minutes, that was an instant loss for the Mavs. And you, if you go back and look at that at the stats from that series, Westbrook is horrific. Yeah, Maynard was, shot, be- like, was 35%. better than he was jacking shots too much back then. Durant didn't have a great series either. And my memory is just Dirk just really schooling Durant, but knowing that, oh, Durant's going to learn from this. This will make him better. But I do think OKC left that one on the table. No, because so the Mavs played OKC those two playoffs, 
And that's when I knew James Harden was going to be amazing because he was the best player in those. The series. next year, he killed the Mavs. Killed. Right? Yeah. That's when I asked Russell if he was a max player and all that stuff. But uh, Harden was the best player. Like this guy's incredible. Like this guy is just unguardable. And that's why I know it's like when he got to Houston, I was like, this is going to be major because this guy is great. Yeah, it does feel, by the way, legitimate title. I'm not discounting it, it but it really feels like they kind of stole it that year. They we've did. seen, we've seen, sure. they caught Miami and they really kind of haymakered them and came back and they shot a lot of threes. They had a really smart veteran team. They had a really good coach and Dirk just playing really well. Yeah. And all of a sudden they won the title. I mean, that's the thing is like they wouldn't have won the next year, no way. But with Dirk and Tyson, they'd have been a fun team. Maybe you win a playoff series. Right. OKC okay, was a year too early. Yeah. LA was two years too late. But to to me, like I thought they should have won in 06. I think it's ridiculous yeah, well, they didn't win. So yeah, it all even out. Yeah, you, you're good enough long enough eventually. They were definitely the best team in 06. I have oh, no idea God. how Miami won. I do. Uh, but we'll, so we'll, what are you going to write about all summer? Oh, man. Luka Doncic. I'm going to pitch more. Luka. <laughs> <laughs> I think Mark Stein's in. I think Mark Stein, he's, Luka's going to live in Mark, Stein, Mark Stein's house. He's no, I was, I've been telling like, like, him. like Fran Fischal, he's like Dallas media people. Like, you'll be back at the Mavs games next year. Like, all of a sudden, it'll be a thing to do. Yeah, how far are you from the stadium? Like 10 minutes. Oh, so this is great for you. Oh, yeah. Like, last two years, it's been like, oh, I can go to a game, watch Harry Barnes, or I could just stay home. Like, it's, you know. <laughs> I will say there's... There's like three types of really fun young guys to have join your team. And the one is just like the good guy. Like, yeah. like, like somebody like Dennis Smith where he's like, oh, this guy's fun. I'm glad he's yeah. on our team. And then the second type is like the Tatum type where you're just going, oh, this guy's fucking awesome at scoring. I can't wait to watch mm -hmm. him get better. And I think he has a chance to be great. Doncic is like a whole other level where he can make everybody else good. Yeah. He can take all these all these mediocre guys and make them just play basketball differently. I really think he's going to have well, the ability like, to do that. And when we, when we, when we say make them good, it's just like the way his skill set intersects on the floor is naturally improves the performance of the other four players. Right. So like, cause Luca, you've got this three point shooter who creates shots. So that means you're saying like guys like Barnes, Barnes no longer is a primary ball handler. He plays off the ball, spots up cuts. He just fits. Wesley Matthews. He just stands in corners and shoots. I cannot watch Wesley Mathers dribble and do a jumper. Well, they, but again. the other thing is, cannot when, do that. But when somebody's as good of a passer as he is, it does kind of infect everybody else. Yeah, the ball starts moving, and he's just completely unselfish. His his thought at all times is, "What's our best shot? How do I get yeah. us our best shot?" Where I think, like, yeah, I think LeBron's a great passer. I don't think he's like a Larry Bird. I've said this before in a pod, and people are nuts, but like Bird and Magic. Their goal was always to get somebody else the most awesome shot yeah. possible. And if it wasn't there, then they'd shoot. Well, that's the thing about I think Doncic is going to be like that. That's the thing about like him, that. too. Like, like, man, he's not going to score 25 a game. No. Like, no, he doesn't need to. That's he'll, not going to be his he'll, game. He'll be like, next year, he'll be like 16, 7.5, and, and 6. Like, to me, like, if I put Luca in the Joe Ingles role, I expect like a Joe Ingles like year from him. That's a good, I like that analogy. Yeah. He's like a way better Joe Ingles. Well, Jingles was great this year. If he could just be Ingles next year, let's keep it somewhat. Let's do that next year. We'll we'll stick with Ingles. That's I think it. he's gonna be good right away. I mean, Ingles is great. He that, was that league fantastic. that he was in was not a joke. He was no. not in freaking China. Anyway, congratulations, yeah, congratulations to the Mavs fan base. Uh, you can listen times. to Jonathan on the uh, Ringer NBA show today. They're breaking down a, a bunch of the nerdy. We have more takes. More, more, more takes. Draft more takes. and Rob Williams. Yeah, it's been like two minutes on him. Just you need you need Brad Stevens, life coach there. That's hey man, let's talk about your life. We needed to know? get Brad Stevens more challenges. <laughs> it's like take this guy; he's an unpolished gym. He might be out of the league in two years. You can save him. You're the only one. Uh, thank you. Yeah.
Let's talk about Mint Mobile. The big in wireless stands for a lot of things, big contracts, big bills, big secrets. What the big wireless companies don't want you to know is there's a way to cut your bill down to just $15 a month. Introducing Mint Mobile, the game-changing company that's taken everything wrong with big wireless and made it right. Use your phone with any Mint Mobile plan. Keep your old number along with all your existing contacts. Choose between two, five, or 10 GB, 4G LTE plans. No more paying for unlimited data that you'll never use. Every plan comes with unlimited tech, talk and text, so you can safely know your friends and loved ones. And even if you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with their seven-day money-back guarantee. Mint Mobile, pretty cool. Guess what? We stuck this on my daughter's phone because Lord knows we were paying too much for that. Uh, it works. It's been great. Say goodbye to big wireless. Unlock your new wireless plan starting at just 15 bucks by going to mintmobile.com slash BS. That is mintmobile.com slash BS. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash BS. All right. My dad is on the line. Uh, your followers are very disappointed. You didn't tweet yesterday during the draft. I know your grandkids were in town, but uh, you have 33,000 Twitter followers were waiting for your draft takes. Nothing. Zero. Goose egg from Dr. Bill. I was, I think I was overwhelmed by the fact that Robert Williams fell into our lap. You, I did tweet this morning when I got up because I remembered that I hadn't tweeted last night. Were you watching but, uh, the draft? I, I kind of feel like you were asleep because normally you would have texted me at around pick 20 and said, wow, this Robert Williams might fall to us. I hope he falls. You didn't do it. There were no texts. I have a suspicion you were asleep. Uh, I fell asleep after the 21st pick. All right. There you go. It's, you it's go. been confirmed. So, <laughs> Breaking. <laughs> Woj tipped off that you fell asleep. So um, so from what I heard, they were trying to trade into, um, once it, once he fell to around the 17, 18 range, they started to sniff around trading up. They didn't think he would be there. And then they did a bunch of intel on who they thought teams might take and then actually thought, wow, he might actually fall to 27 and kept their fingers crossed. Yeah, Ainge uh, did an uh, in- interview this morning, and he, he he basically said that that they started when they saw him slipping around the 17th, 16th, 17th, 18th. They tried to see if they could move up, but nobody was interested. And uh, I I thought the Lakers were going to take him. I I mean I thought he would be a terrific guy playing with Lonzo Ball, and and. Uh, I'm glad the Lakers took who they took. I mean, I like the guy the Lakers took, but um, I'm not sure that that's the modern day center anymore. And he's a Michigan uh, guy. Yeah, the GM. I know he's a Michigan Polenko guy. Went to and, Michigan, the guy who runs the Lakers now. Oh, that yeah, that was part of it. I think okay. that was yeah. I, but you know, we've never had a guy like this. Every we, you and I have always talked about other teams have like Clint Capella and you know those. Those really uh, stud athletes who run the floor and block shots and and uh, never seem to get tired. We never have that guy. Well, now we, we have that guy. We should mention that he fell fifteen to seventeen spots lower than he should have gone because of uh, some some personality concerns, some work well, ethic concerns, and uh, got I think uh, got disciplined twice last year, and um, people were a little concerned about him. Yeah, I, I understand that, but. Um, I don't think on a Brad Stevens coach team, you you need to worry about a player being motivated. Also, we're, we're when you have Kyrie Irving leading the team and the makeup of the other players on the team, uh, I think he's going to, 
I think he'll be extremely excited that this is a veteran team he's going to and that it's a championship caliber team. If everybody's great, healthy. great, Sal. It feels like you're reading it from the PR paraphernalia. Um, I'm not. I'm reading it from my head. I'm, <laughs> I'm excited. I, I, I'm so tired of us picking the the uh, look at some of the guys we've picked over the years. RJ Hunter really made it. When we took RJ Hunter over Harrell on Louisville, you were you were mad for like three weeks well, about that. Anytime we have a pick between like 25 and 30, uh, we, we make mistake after mistake, and it goes all the way back to Red Arback when uh, he. he uh, they were all set to take Tony Parker. Remember that draft? And, uh, Chris and, uh, Wallace. He, he, yeah, he Joe went, Forte. He wanted the North Carolina kid, and we went to the North Carolina kid, and San Antonio swooped in right after us for Tony. You know, well, I was we thinking, don't have luck with that pick. With ten, that range. Ten, ten years ago, we both wanted, uh, we were both disappointed when they didn't take DeAndre Jordan with the last pick of the first round, remember? Well, exactly. Yeah, he was sitting there. Similar, and he was another one who fell. He fell like 20 picks. Yeah, yeah, similar type player, exactly. So it is yeah, funny though. I, I woke up this morning and on my Twitter feed, it was the press conference had been canceled with Robert Williams because the team has been unable to locate him. Well, I and I was like, oh, right, "We're off, all right." Yeah. But then there was well, like it was a miscommunication. But he clearly was probably uh, probably enjoying uh, being a first round pick last night. I support well, it. I mean, he stayed home and had a party at his house with his yeah. family uh, at Buffalo I mean, Wild Wings. Wonderful thing to do. He probably ended up in Burford Street, lying in the gutter somewhere. But you know, <laughs> I had a good time to have him on my, my team. On my team. Well, I will say, uh, having watched his Celtics team all year, they do throw a lot of lobs at the rim. A lot. And this of is lobs. the one thing I that mean, that guy loves to do is catch lobs and dunk them. Right. So, uh, right. but here's the other thing I really enjoy because I have a feeling Marcus Morris isn't going to be on the Celtics team next year. I'm not sure of that. I mean, there were rumors of him being packaged so that we can move up in the draft, and that didn't happen. He only has one more year in his contract. I know, I think but he's going to be on the team. I here's my guess. I have no inside intel on this. I haven't talked to anybody. You know, they have all these guys coming back, and as you know, you complained about Marcus Morris all year. You had a love hate relationship with him that was mostly hate. But part of the problem is Marcus Morris is he always thinks he's the best guy in the court. Which right. is also one of his strengths is that he think he's so confident he thinks he's the best guy in the court even though he's not like you actually need that sometimes but well it's only a only a strength when he's making a shot which he can continually the last twenty games in the playoffs right making a shot but yeah. he's playing thirty nine minutes a game or something in his playoff games and yeah. um or at least in one of the rounds and I just I don't see him having the kind of personality to be good with just playing like twelve minutes a game which is where he's heading. And I don't know if they'd want to even risk having that as a potential chemistry issue. Yeah, I, I disagree because he's in the he's in the final year of his two-year contract with us or the final year of his contract. And uh, he's kind of playing for his, for his next contract. And if he becomes a problem, I think they can move him during the season. Do you know that there's some salary cap rule that if somebody's making, I think, less than six million bucks... You can trade the guy one one for one for somebody who makes one hundred and seventy five percent of his contract. So they could trade no, they I, can I trade him for somebody that makes like eight million bucks. You okay? Do your thing about how? Do your how thing does about that help how you, in the in the Morris. I don't know what he makes. Well, Morris only makes like five and a half, but the problem for them is everybody keeps throwing in them in these Kawhi trades, and 
they either have these short, small contracts or these giant contracts. They have no in between contracts. So, yeah, yeah. for them to be able to really make a realistic run at Kawhi, they're going to need to figure out how to get like at least a semi big contract. Well, you know, you and I never talked about Kawhi. It's a whole different topic. Well, you told, you told your Twitter followers, yeah, you were very I, clear I on Twitter. I don't want a guy who quit on his team, who Tony Parker, who never criticizes anybody, went out publicly and criticized. Yeah. I don't want him on my team. So I'm vetoing that trade when Denny calls me. You did, uh, so that's going to be your advice? That's my advice. I'm, that's my public stand. I, uh, uh, I think I'm in the same boat as you. I would rather keep the team they have together. And if we're going to ever push the assets into the middle of the table and go after somebody, I'd rather wait for Anthony Davis. I mean, people have such a short memory. A healthy Haywood and a healthy Irving, or even just a healthy Irving, Irving we're in the finals. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I don't, I'm not looking to break up this team unless it's a significant upgrade with a team character, a character-building type of... Uh, asset that comes in here. And I, I just don't view Leonard as that guy. Well, should we talk about the real problem is that you would get Kawhi and Kyrie confused the entire year. It would be a disaster. Well, I can't say, I can't say one of those names very well. <laughs> Kawhi. So, yeah. That you kind of, that's why you call him Leonard. I had, actually, when I tweeted it, I had to look it up twice to make sure I spelled it right. So. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like a bad, <laughs> it's a bad, bad fit for us. That's that's like, not a good combination with me. So you you're but, vetoing the Kawhi Leonard trade, but you're you're okay for them to conceivably think about Davis. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, all right. That's um, a different story. I feel the same but, way. I think if, but if you know that one, he he's a free agent after not after this year, but in two like, years, right? It's like two or three years. Yeah. No, hey, it's two. I think. Hey, um, do do you want to? have 30 seconds here to talk about how Jeff Green scored 19 points in game seven and then didn't score 19 points in the entire finals. Do you have any thoughts I, on that? Believe me, I, I watched when I'm watching the finals and I'm watching how not only is he a non-factor, uh, he has deer in the headlight look the entire four games of the finals. And he, and he, and actually played terribly against us until those last two game games. Seven. Yeah. You know, and, and, it's one of those funny things where, not funny to us, but when Kevin Love got hurt, um, it, I started to get worried about Jeff Green becoming a factor in a game. I would have rather have seen Kevin Love out there uh, because he couldn't play defense. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Jeff Green. He's terrible when we had him, and then he hurt us in one game. The only game he played well the entire playoffs. Well, he, he he was pretty good in the second half of Game Six too, because he basically played two good games in a row, which will hurt my feelings for the rest of my life. Because uh, when we had him, we could not count on him at all. No, he was he, he was typically inconsistent, like he was for Cleveland. Um, I love the Cleveland pick because it kind of tells me that even if LeBron goes back there, that pick doesn't help. I mean that. That guard loves to have the ball. LeBron loves to have the ball. So it looks like LeBron's moving, don't you think? I he yes, but the only thing I would say is that was somebody that everybody said Charlotte liked, Colin Sexton. So maybe you take that guy and if LeBron leaves, that's a nice foundation piece. But if LeBron wants to stay, maybe that's somebody you can flip for Kemba Walker. You yeah. trade Sexton and Jordan Clarkson and get Kemba Walker. 
you bring back Kevin Love. I I think he I I just don't think he has any chance to win the title with that team because the even if he did that, Boston's going to be so much better next year. Philly's going to be better. Right. I just don't. I don't. I, they're the third best team going into the uh, playoffs. No matter how good LeBron plays, with the everyone you know, else the, around the him one, is getting better. The one part of that draft that uh, I was not happy with was how Philadelphia swindled Phoenix. I know. Uh, and got that first round pick that that everybody is saying is unprotected. Yeah. How, how do you throw in a, a first round pick unprotected? It seemed yeah. like Sharks and I just talked about it. it seemed like that GM. It was one of those. It was one of those. I might not be here in three years anyway, so screw it. Trades, which Wasn't are always the GM dangerous. McDonald's brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm used to work for the Celtics. Right. He was. I, I, I made no sense. Um, it was a lot to give up. I mean, if the Celtics had done the equivalent of that, I would have been really mad if they had just randomly thrown in the Kings pick to move up six spots for somebody. But who's, do you think part of his thinking was that uh, starting next year? The, the rules change for the draft in terms of teams tanking or having, I mean, they're going to have less, if you're one of the worst teams, you, you don't necessarily have such good odds of getting the ping pong balls. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but the flip side of that is by 2021, high school players might be in the draft. I mean, yeah. that, conceivably, yeah. that could be the first draft that has high school players in it. It might be like this crazy loaded draft. I would never yeah. in a million years give up an unprotected Miami pick for awful, three years awful. from now. That was a really bad trade. And really I, bad trade. I like Bridges. I think he's going to be good. I just don't think the difference between Zaire Smith and Bridges was worth the pick. Well, that was also one of the saddest moments of, of the draft. Fortunately, we didn't see it on TV because you probably, I don't know if you saw that they interviewed Bridges and his mom. Oh, his yeah. Mom's yeah. The VP of HR for the uh, Sixers. And yeah. I mean, how happy could they have been? And then ten minutes later, he's not—he's not on the team anymore. Yeah, it was awful. It's—it's. It's, you know? We're gonna feel just as bad when the Celtics trade Gordon Hayward and the Kings pick for Kawhi Leonard. We're gonna feel the same sense of shame and and sadness. That's not I happening. I could be giving way. up my season tickets if that happened. Wow, you would. <laughs> Unbelievable! Really? That would be awful. That would be awful. You know, it's. After what they did to Isaiah Thomas, I can't say that it's out of the realm of possibilities, but that would be awful. Yeah, that'd be awful. Then he said he's rehabbing yesterday in the facility, Gordon Hayward. Yeah. Getting ready. Um, all right, just quickly, a couple other things. The uh, the Tom Brady off-season soap opera. I, are you ignoring it? Are you reading it? Do you listen to it? Do you care? Have you totally, stayed away? Totally, 100% ignored everything. Great. All right, that's good. I'm happy to hear that. Uh, you're still upset at the Red Sox for waving Hanley Ramirez and then being a batter short for the last four I weeks? I might have tweeted about it. Yeah. Like, every week it bothers me. This, since, I don't have to repeat what I, since, since he's left, I mean, he was the best guy hitting with runners in scoring position. Yeah. How many one nothing, 2-1, 3-2, 3-1 games have they lost? Yeah. It's awful. They uh, they really miss him, and and of course they're never going to admit it. They cut the cord way too soon. I mean, if they're worried about him getting his at bats, you know, uh, look at doing something in July. Uh, they they they're now four games behind the Yankees in the loss column. It was weird We're that they at, didn't. It was weird that they didn't just bench him for a couple of weeks and see how he handled it. Sure, I mean he. 
from everything we were reading, he was a good presence in the locker room. Um, the teammates liked him. Uh, I don't know about the new coach, but uh, it just seemed like a, a really weird move to make at a time when they were winning. Yeah. You know, they were playing really well. Good team baseball. I actually thought when they did it, I thought it made sense. But what, but I, I think, well, just because you don't want to. in a slump, but there's a lot of guys that are in a slump. Well, I, I see mean, the problem is I got seduced by the Blake Swihart hype. And that was a mistake. Blake Swihart has looked terrible. I, I know. He has he, no, no trade value. He might not be um, good. And we have Jackie Bradley Jr. who hasn't had a hit since the month of April, I don't think. So. Hey, you're taking my son to the Fenway Park tonight. I am. I'm looking really looking forward to it. I understand we might have pretty good seats. So, and it's supposed to be a nice sunny night before Wait. the rain comes in tomorrow. Wade LeBlanc versus the hottest pitcher in baseball, Stephen Wright. Should be a good one. <laughs> well, I, I think your son, I think and my grandson, obviously, is going to have a great time watching a knuckleball pitcher. Yeah, we tried to get seats behind home plate so we could yeah, see the ball move. The ball moves so differently than watching any other pitcher. And, and the kid that's pitching for Seattle is very good, too. So should be a very good game. You don't, you, don't mind the, you don't mind sitting behind the net. You like the net because you can barely he, see. Last year, he and I sat behind the net, and I, I, it, if you didn't mention it to me, I, I wouldn't have even noticed. It's a very thin. Um, I mean, obviously, it's a strong net, but uh, you, you barely notice it. I went to were, I went to an Indians game last month, and we sat behind the uh, visitors' dugout, and the net went all the way past the dugout, and it kind of took me out of the game. I, I was having trouble getting really? used to it. One of the fun parts of sitting in those seats is, you know, you have a chance to get a foul ball. I totally understand why they did it. I'm not criticizing that. It was just, right. it just was different. Well, it, it was really like just a different experience. I had no chance of getting a foul ball in these seats that 10 years ago. On plate though, you, you don't, you're never always, getting one anyway. Right. They've always had net. So right. yeah. but I was just saying the experience of being behind the dugout and having no chance at a foul ball was just bizarre. After yeah. four and a half decades of going to games. And, and how many foul balls have you caught? I've caught zero. And I, I okay. remember two that I was one seat away from. One at Yankee Stadium and then um, one with the J-Bug in the pouring rain at uh, 20 years ago near the third yeah. base side. But um, but yeah, the, the net, it does take a little time to get used to. But five years from now, nobody would even be thinking about it. Yeah, well, um, even the Red Sox, uh, I mean... Ben and I went to the game last year behind the dugout and, and the net was in front of us. But now they've extended the net even further down first and third baselines, which I think is a smart idea. Can I give you some advice? Don't get him the giant soda. Okay. Don't get him the big, big souvenir giant cup because you might as well just inject cocaine right into his, like, right into his uh Well, elbow. we might have noticed it last night. You weren't here, obviously, but... We all went to Cabot's, which is a very yeah uh, my you, favorite you restaurant in America. About. Yeah, you talked about it in your podcast once, and and uh, Ben had a uh, very large raspberry lime rookie. Oh, how'd that go be for him? Be before before he had his banana split. Oh no, that was the, that was the size of two <laughs> oh, of his God. heads, and uh, <laughs> he was rolling. He was, and Brian drove all the way back from from Wellfleet. Yeah, my cousin. Yeah, to meet. So uh, Ben was in rare form. So I'm, I'm going to be careful what he eats tonight. 
Yeah, be be if you want to if you want them to go nine innings. Um, but yeah, take a picture and put it on your Twitter, Doctor Bill nineteen forty seven. You're I think you're like twelve thousand followers away from Joe House. That was your goal. That was my goal. I I don't really know how to take a picture and put it on Twitter. <laughs> you're talking about a new technological advance. I haven't quite gotten the hang of. Yeah, uh, maybe I'll send you some instructions. All right, okay. con- congratulations on Rob Williams. Have fun tonight. All right, thanks. Thanks so much to ZipRecruiter. Don't forget to check them out at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. Thanks to Gillette. As I told you, they're there for you. Whatever you like. You like shaving your legs? You like nice, soft skin non-irritation razors that just will make your face feel fresh as a daisy? They have everything. Gillette offers a variety of shaving products for every guy, regardless of his personal style, skin needs, or budget. Whether you want three blades or five, I would recommend the Gillette 3 and Gillette 5 razors. They have you covered all under $10. High performance at a low price. Get Gillette Performance delivered to your door. Find Gillette 5 at GilletteOnDemand.com. Subscribe today. And remember, the rewatchables Forrest Gump, Devil Wars Prada coming next week. Against All Odds, I'm guest hosting that one. And the Dave Chang Show. Last episode of the pre-opening diaries. I wonder if he'll ever invite me on again. We'll see. Enjoy the weekend. Back on Monday with more. Until then.